Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We're continuing a sermon series today called Joining Jesus on His Mission. And last week we talked about how Jesus is on mission to reach people with His gospel. Amen? And how we're simply joining Him as He works in people's lives and oftentimes opens up the door for us to minister and care and help and support and encourage. Last night we had our block party in our neighborhood. It was amazing. As I joined Jesus on His mission, I was sitting next to a young lady, a millennial young lady, um, who lives across the street. She lives with her parents. She's going to college. And it was amazing how the Holy Spirit opened the door as I was joining Jesus on his mission. I love this question. What do you do for a living? I love that question. Because I'm ready to share the gospel then, right? So I told her I was a pastor. I love this question as well. Well, my mom is a Catholic. What's the difference between Catholics and Lutherans? I love that question. That is awesome. And I basically said, and we'll probably edit this from the radio, but I said a lot of Roman Catholics believe that they're saved by what they do, by how they live. And we believe we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone, who lived a perfect life for us, died on a on a cross for all our wrongs, and I talked about sin. Anyway, it was awesome. As I'm thinking about this sermon series, it's amazing to me how many times Jesus opens the door for us to join him, you say, on his mission. But we need fuel for the journey. And I believe that fuel has to be more than, quote, just coming to church, quote, and leaving. We need to spend time with Jesus. Amen? Listening to what he says. Studying his demeanor. Watching how he interacted with people. About a month and a half ago, I was at a conference in Saddleback Church in Southern California. I was there with my wife and son. It was a marvelous time. Rick Warren, we may disagree with him theologically in some cases, but he is a mighty man of God, much more so than I ever knew. One particular conference that I was attending there, one particular session, he was ready to talk about something that I already knew all about, and, and so I dismissed myself from that conference. It's difficult to leave a conference where there's 3,000 people there, you know what I mean? And uh, that's exactly what I did, walked down the aisle, everybody staring at me. You know, I knew this stuff, I'd had it before. So I go to the bookstore to buy some resources. And there was a young man there, and we struck up a conversation. He was a salesperson, and I said, do you do this for a living? And he said, oh, yeah, I run this bookstore here. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. Well, I tell Rick that uh, he's just an amazing man of God, and I'm just getting so much out of this conference, and I'm loving it. And he said, I'll tell him. He's my dad. I started to weep. I said, your dad has changed my life. How's that? I said, well, 10, 15 years ago, I was thinking about leaving the ministry. And I read The Purpose Driven Life. And then we did that particular book in our church, and it 
radically changed how I do ministry. He literally saved my job. Listen to this. This young man got within a foot of my face and he said this. My dad is the real deal. He practices what he preaches. He lives out what he says. I started to weep again. He said, what? Man, what's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> I said, sometimes my kids say that about me. And nothing could honor me more. There are two kinds of people we hear stories about, of folks who go to church. One, the stories go like this. My dad goes to church every Sunday and he truly practices what he believes. Or, my mom studies the word of God on a regular basis. She has a devotional time, a quiet time. And she is the most godly woman I have ever met. Or, my boss is a dynamic Christian. He never misses a Sunday, and I know he has a deep and devout prayer life. And you can tell it the way he conducts business. He does it with integrity and justice and truth. On one hand, those are the stories we sometimes hear. On the other hand, we hear stories like this. My dad has gone to church all his life, and I've never seen any difference it makes in the way he lives. Or my mom has a devotional life every morning, but she still was incredibly abusive to us. Or my boss goes to church, at least he says he does, but you could never tell it the way he does business. I want to ask you today, which one of those two people are you? And you might say, well, I'm a little bit of both, and so am I. And I want to ask you, what makes the difference? What are the differences between those two different types of people? One who says, I believe in Jesus, and the other who says, I cannot live. This is from the message. This is from the message translation because this is going to help us answer. Could you put the screen in the back too as well? These words I speak to you are not incidental. This is from the message, by the way, and this is the text for this day. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't listen to this and don't, you read it, work them into your life. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. Wow. It's pretty good stuff, huh? Does this convict some of us here today? Okay. 
Let's go on to the next one. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Jesus is pretty straightforward there, isn't he? And basically he's telling us two different things. Number one, it is important to hear the word of God, to listen to the preacher preach, to study the word of God on a regular basis, to know what it says, to have knowledge about what the Bible says. It is one thing to hear the word of God, but the second thing Jesus wants us to understand, and this is the guy who builds his house on solid rock, it's not only one thing to hear the word of God, but to put it into practice. To practice what one reads or hears or studies. And you're probably thinking, well, how does that happen, Pastor Dave? I know that I not only have to be a hearer of the Word of God, but one who carries it out in my everyday life. And Pastor Dave, I'm a sinner. I break God's commands. I can't keep the law perfectly. Join the club, neither can I. But I have every desire and intention empowered by the Holy Spirit to wake up every morning to say, Lord Jesus, this day is yours. I want to live for you. How many of you, no show of hands, wake up with a desire to hear the Word of God every day and to say, I not only want to be a hearer of the word of God, but a practicer of what I know and believe and read. That's the difference. And I'm going to teach you today how that happens in your everyday life because you want to know, well, how does that happen? What is it about the Rick Warrens of the world? What is it about those first three different scenarios that you talked about today? A godly husband, a godly wife, a godly worker, how do they do that? How do they live that out? What is the difference between those who hear the Word of God but have no practice thereof of it? What's the difference? <clears throat> now, Mark and Tim, you guys know the answers. <laughs> you know what the answer is. But I want to ask all of you lay people today, what is the answer? The answer starts with, The foundation. And the foundation is Jesus Christ. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation through water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. And with his own blood he bought her and for her life. He died. The foundation is Jesus. The one who came who lived a perfect life in our behalf, who was sacrificed on the cross for our sin, and who triumphantly conquered death through his resurrection. That's the foundation. The cement is love and forgiveness that flows into our life through faith in what he's done. The rafters are the pardon and grace that is ours through faith in what he's done. And by repentance, sincere, true, wholehearted, heartfelt repentance, we say, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then God's grace and his love and his peace and his purity and his holiness and his goodness and his pardon flows into our life like a flood. That is the foundation to believe that. And then we live a life of good works not to gain heaven, 
but because heaven is already ours. Not to receive forgiveness, but because forgiveness is already ours. Then we ask the question, Lord Jesus, how then shall I live? And Jesus answers it through his word. He says, blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but do it. We're not just to study the word of God, hear the word of God, teach the word of God, have knowledge about the word of God, listen to the word of God, but practice it. I know some of you who are traditional Lutherans are saying, well, I can't. I know. That's why we have God's grace. But I can tell you, I could mention eight or ten people right now who have such a dynamic witness in our church whose lives are so filled with integrity. And the reason is, number one, they built on the foundation of God's word. And secondly, they not only hear the word of God, but they allow the Holy Spirit to work so powerfully and so mighty through it that it impacts the way they live. So I'm almost done with this sermon because I haven't answered the question yet. And I love what Dennis Finke said in his book, Joining Jesus on His Mission, because he gets right to the heart of it. He says, if we're going to join Jesus on his mission, we have to be fueled for the journey. And there's no better place to understand Jesus' mission than to spend time studying Jesus in the Gospels to see how he interacted with people, to see how he carried out his mission in everyday life. And so this is the challenge I have for you. In your devotional life, and I usually go to the Psalms because I love the Psalms because it speaks to my heart, and I'm kind of a touchy-feely person, much like David. I guess that's why I have that name. I love the Psalms, but I, lately I've been reading the Gospels because as, as I study Jesus' demeanor, his actions, his attitude, the way he interacted with other people, the way he went on mission with other people, I'm starting to learn more and more what it means to join Jesus on his mission. And so here's four points, and I would encourage you, I know I say this all the time, but I can't remember stuff. I'd encourage you to write these down, or maybe you can remember them, um, but this is how to put Jesus' words into practice. As Jesus said, blessed is the man who not only hears the word of God, but does it, Right? Okay? And we said the foundation is Jesus, the foundation is his word, the foundation is his love and forgiveness, the foundation is his life, death, and resurrection. We repent, we believe in that. Then we say, okay, Lord Jesus, teach me how then to live. And there's no better place to have Jesus teach us how to live than to go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I encourage you, as you're fueled for the journey, Study the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ as he interacted with other people, and then do these four things. Number one, pick a time to meet with him. Pick a time to meet with him. In the morning, that's when Jesus met with the Father. Maybe it's in the evening. I've shared with you many times that I love to get up almost before the, the crack of dawn, go out on my back patio, open up the word of God, and let Jesus speak to me. Nothing gets in the way of that. 
And if I have another deadline or appointment, the people want to meet with me at 6.30 in the morning. That's rare, by the way. Do you know what I say? Nope, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got an appointment at that time. My appointment is with Jesus. So pick a time. Secondly, ask for help. I'm not like, hey, Beth, come in here and explain this to me. And that's not what I'm talking about. What kind of help am I talking about when we read the Word of God? And so many times, what we do is we open up the Word of God and we forget to ask for help. Who do we ask? We ask the Holy Spirit to descend upon this Word. Holy Spirit, open up my eyes. Open up my heart. Let me see you, Jesus. Help me to put into practice what I'm ready to read here. I need you, Holy Spirit, to show me exactly how you want me to live. I need your help. Thirdly, not only pick a time, not only ask for help, but read with purpose. We oftentimes listen to this. We oftentimes read the Word of God, especially the Gospels, to get through the words of Jesus. Just to get through it. Get the devotion done. Let's get on with our tasks. Let us not read the word of God, especially the words of Jesus, just to get through it, but that the words of Jesus would get through to us. Listen to this. This is amazing. My brother, and that's probably part of the reason I'm emotional this week, my brother-in-law died on Wednesday. The funeral, believe it or not, was Friday. I mourn differently than others because I, quite frankly, when people die, I know where they're going. I know they're going to be in heaven. I didn't grieve my, my parents' death much because I knew they were old and <laughs> they were ready to go be with Jesus. My brother-in-law was 55. My wife was a mess on Friday. And I couldn't understand it. You know what Jesus told me the next day in my devotion on Saturday, actually yesterday? Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Do you know what Jesus was telling me? Dude, understand your wife's pain. She's comforted by me. Let her grieve. Poof. The Word of God speaks to us, guys. It does. If I'm going to join Jesus on his mission, I must read the words of Jesus. Obviously, he's my foundation. Obviously, we build our life on him. Obviously, his death and resurrection sets us free. But then he says, I want to send you out. There's things to do. There's people to meet. There's a mission to carry out. Join me on the mission. We say, what's my fuel? Here it is. Pick a time. Ask for help. Read with purpose. And then finally, do it. 
When I read the Gospels, if if there's one thing that I can think about for the rest of the day, one simple practice that God is teaching me through that word, I often will put it on a card, put it on my visor, so I'm reminded all day of what Jesus is teaching me in his word, that one fundamental principle that will help me become more and more like Jesus. So there you go. If we're going to join Jesus on his mission and we're going to have fuel for the journey, we must refuel day in and day out reading how Jesus did it and then putting into practice what he's taught us. Jesus said it best. Blessed is a man who hears the word of God and puts it into practice. We're going to do it imperfectly, I know. We're going to trip and stumble and fall into sin, I know. But our Lord Jesus will pick us up, dust us off, point us down the road once again, and he says, join me, join me, join me, Luke, join me on my mission. And as you go, have fuel for the journey as you read how I can instruct you in my word. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Help us to understand, Lord, that your word truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our practice, a light into our path. And Lord Jesus, you don't challenge us to read the word of God simply for knowledge's sake. You said, blessed is the man who hears the word of God and keeps it. The wise man is one who builds his house on the rock, namely you, Lord Jesus, and your love and forgiveness. And then as a result of that firm foundation, goes out and lives his faith from day to day. God, empower us to live out our faith day by day. To not just be hearers of the word, but doers of it. So that people can say about us, like that young man said about his dad, Rick Warren, he's the real deal. He practices what he believes. Oh, Lord, let it be so and let it be done in each and every one of our lives to the glory of your holy name, the precious name of you, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray all these things. Amen.